Hi everyone, my name is Joe Murray, and I'm one of your hosts here on Dark Enigma. I'm joined here with my other host. Hi, I am Sarah Whitson. And yeah, we're going to be your host for this new uh, podcast. It's brought to you by Gateway Pro, but it is a product of Dark Enigma. And we love uh, true crimes, and we had a great time talking about it on the Joe Show. That's a podcast I do. And we were like, let's come together and talk about it. And Sarah, she does a ton of research on cases and things like that. So she's going to be the one giving you your meat and potatoes. I'm just going to be back here on the back, back here. And I'm going to react off of what she's talking about and give her some of my knowledge about true crimes and stuff. But uh, before we get into our first case ever, Sarah, what really got you into, you know, getting into true crimes and stuff? Well, um, my dad is the biggest true crime fan ever. Um, And I grew up around Wichita. And so I don't know if you know BTK. He was a serial killer in Wichita. Mm-hmm. And we would drive by houses when I was younger, and my dad would say, "That's where the Oteras were killed, or that's where BTK did this, or whatever." And so when I got older, I just it became something me and him talked about, yep. and he's still my biggest fan <laughs> <laughs> to this day. So yeah. And see, I just got into it. I accidentally fell into it because I was listening to a bunch of podcasts about these true crimes and murders and things like that and then i fell into the pit of serial killers um with that with the serial killers podcast i think we both listened to it you listen to that one don't you yeah i listened to it a little bit yeah yeah so we both listened to it and so i fell into love with that and just hearing about these serial killers and things like that i really um just fell in love with it now how we found each other was I was looking um, for some news to talk about on the show, and then my wife's like, hey, there's been some killings in uh, around Springfield, Missouri. And I was like, I have two sister-in-laws that go to school down there, so let me look this up. And, and then I was looking at creators who were talking about it, and then Sarah had Dark Enigma on there. And uh, I was like, I have to get in contact with this lady and see if she knows anything about this case. And then she had more than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we just ended up having a good flow and talking about true crime. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is going to be a good mashup. <laughs> yes, I think it is. So, what is our first case that you will be bringing to us today? Well, I don't want to give away too much because I want you to be surprised. Okay, okay. Um, but <laughs> I want your reaction on it. Okay. But it's a good one. Um, it's got a little bit of domestic violence stuff. Okay. Um, so just beware of that, that it's pretty heavy. Yes. Um, which all of them are going to be, but just as a disclaimer. Yeah, if we can just knock this out the park right quick. 
we're talking about true crimes, guys. So right. <laughs> we're going to be dealing with something. <laughs> yeah. And I always get the comments that are like, oh, you should put a disclaimer. And I'm like, why are you here if you don't know, you yeah. know, that this is going to be true crime? <laughs> yes. We are dealing with crazy people who do crazy things. So this is just the first and only disclaimer on this show. <laughs> hey, if you're listening to this show, there's going to be some messed up stuff on here. So... If you're 13 and under, get off. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, but this case is really good. It's um, kind of uplifting in a way. Okay. So that's my first hint. Okay. Um, so are you ready to get into it? Do you want me to talk more about it or are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Okay. All right. So this is the case of Terry Jindusa Nikolai. Okay. And so a little bit of background on Terry. Um, in 1995, Terry met David Larson okay. and she thought he was like the bee's knees. He was quite a catch. Um, he had a good job. He was an air traffic controller okay. and he owned his own home. Mm -hmm. So already he's sounding great. Um, <laughs> however, after a year of dating, the couple married in 1996 Okay. And some clues about her husband's violent ways started coming out. Gotcha. Yes. So they were on their honeymoon in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And they had a fight, which all couples do. And he hit her several times. And told her, he told Terry, we're married now. That means you have to do what I say. <laughs> no. Wait, wait, wait. How, <laughs> how um, do we know how old these these two are? Yes. So Terry, they're middle-aged. Okay. Um, and you'll see as it goes on, they're, they start a family. Okay. Um, but her, her, him saying that to her, I was like, how did he get away with that? He, um, he must have been. But, he must have been like, you know, what uh, what, what I want to say. He grew up in the 50s, um, mm. 50s and 70s, and that was a big thing. You know, it was, I'm a man. I must damn demand respect for my woman, you know, kind of a deal. Right. And he also said to her, you were bought and paid for <laughs> with the marriage. So, yeah, right. This guy's already a winner. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but Terry kind of went along with it. She was married now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard to get out of a marriage and she didn't know what she was getting into. Mm -hmm. um, and then in 1999, um, she had her first child. Mm -hmm. And then two years later, she had another one. And when you have children in a domestic violence situation, mm -hmm. it is super hard to walk away from. Yep. Uh, you know that your children will be better off, but you also don't know what you're going to do a yes. lot of times. Mm -hmm. So she was kind of lost. Um, and to everybody else, they seemed happy as can be. She never let anybody know that she was going through all of this. And he became very controlling and very volatile. Um, <clears throat> she said she stayed in the relationship um, because she thought she could change him, which a lot of women yes. think. Yep. I was just going to say that's how most ladies think. 
Yeah. Um, they think, you know, I'll be the one that changes. And they yeah. also do think, too, that um, what when you have kids that that the abusive partner will change because of the kids that children are involved now, too. Right. And a lot of times they don't care. No. Um, sometimes it'll lead to child abuse. Mm -hmm. uh, it didn't in this case, but it can. Um, so in November of 1999, Terry had had enough. Yes. And she was ready to file for divorce. So she knew that it was going to hurt her daughters, but she knew she had to. Mm -hmm. So she basically split the time with her daughters and she lived somewhere else. Um, they had joint custody, which is always tricky because sometimes you, you don't want your child to go with an abuser. Yes. Um, you, you're scared for your child like you were scared. Mm -hmm. um, so she was having a really hard time. Um, but she went on with her life. She started dating another guy. Um, and she was trying to get full custody of her girls, mm -hmm. her kids. Um, however, David <laughs> made it very hard. He fought in court for four years, which is expensive, um, hard on the children, hard on her. Now, I want to know if he was if he was doing it because he was trying to get back at her or if he really loved the kids. But, you know, because right. usually in a situation like that, it would be one of those things where it's like, you know what, this woman's supposed to respect me and everything and her taking the kids. I'm not having that. So I'm going to do this to her kind of a deal. Yeah. He probably felt like she was kind of disrespecting him mm -hmm. and was like, that ain't going to happen. Um, so, yeah. And then even then, too, he might be even be embarrassed now, too, because he has this woman. She's not in her place. And now she is taking their marital issues out to the public and he's being embarrassed. So he's right. He's getting pretty hot. Yes, he was very, very upset. Um, so the custody arrangement meant that Terry would have to see her abuser weekly, probably, mm -hmm. to drop off these children. And it, you could tell he was mad already. And seeing her every week brought a lot of things up for him and for her. Um. Sorry, I lost my place on my notes. Nope, you're fine. <laughs> so the day of the incident was January 31st, 2004. Um, this was just four days after the last court hearing that Terry had for her children. And Terry went to pick up her children from David's home. When she got there, David said, the girls are hiding in the house and they don't want to come outside. So I want you to come in. Yes. I already see your face. <laughs> it's a tactic that a lot of abusers use yes. to try to get them to do what they want by using the children. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because he knew that Terry was going to get her kids no matter what. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so 
it's crazy because we're so protective and everything. And how, as a as a father, I know how it is with your kids, and you too as a mom too. We just our kids are everything. And now yep. he's using them against you. Oh, I don't. I don't think I really like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna not like him through the whole thing. Don't oh. worry. <laughs> um, and for me, like I would, I I, ha- I would have to go into the house to get mm-hmm. my kid. Like yep. even though knowing what could happen. Um, I still probably would make that decision, Mm -hmm. which is terrible, but it happens. Um, And Terry knew something was wrong. He didn't ask her to go in a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she knew right away there was alarm bells, but she went in. And um, as soon as she got into the house, um, she knew that this was going to be bad. Um, she was in the house when he attacked her. Um, he stuck up or snuck up behind her and struck her 10 times in the head with a baseball bat. 10 times. Yeah. So he was extremely angry and this was kind of his opportunity to get back at her Mm -hmm. in his mind. Um, and what's very sad is the kids were probably there. The kids probably saw most of what happened. Now, see, I thought, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of things, but I thought when she, he told her to come in, I was Mm -hmm. thinking to myself, he didn't kill the kids and he's kind of using them as a pawn. And I was getting, (laughs) I was anxious. So all right. <laughs> you're you're wrong. You're wrong. Okay. Um, the okay. kids turn out fine. Okay. Um, but that's very that's actually very typical. Yes. There's been cases where the men will like annihilate their whole family and take mm. the kids first. So there was yeah. one podcast that I listened to. It was a college kid. He needed some money, and he uh, took um, a young a daughter of a rich guy, right? And he was just going to do the you know the whole ransom thing and everything. But uh, some things went down, and uh, she was afraid he was, he was going to let her go, but then he was afraid that she was going to tell the police. So he right. sends out the ransom ransom note. The rich guy pays him the ransom note, but he had killed the daughter two days before and it's just like you guys couldn't have waited and um so yeah it's just it's one of those things i thought that's what i was thought was happening i thought he was using her as a ploy and or using the kids as a ploy and then she would come in and then they were already gone kind of a deal. right I almost lost my yeah and lucky for terry that didn't happen mm-hmm. um because she would have lost her children mm-hmm. but she now is in a bad situation yes because he has complete control Mm -hmm. over her um and at this point he covered her mouth and nose and was trying to get her to stop breathing Mm -hmm. and she knew not to completely fight him Mm -hmm. um she in her mind was like okay i've got to breathe (laughs) and act like i'm dying yep so that he'll stop yep um and and so he go ahead that's one of those things too that i as a a person i'm just like 
when, when this is going on, why don't people play that? Or, you know, and try to... So she was very smart in this case because that's a lot of something that a lot of people don't do. Well, uh, you know, I can't really talk because, you know, I have never been attacked like that before. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's not the first thing that comes to your mind. So right. she, we have to give props to her for quick thinking, thinking on her toes. Yeah, and I mean, it's that fight or flight mm -hmm. type of instinct. I mean, when someone's covering your mouth and nose, you're just like, get off of me at yep. any cost. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I don't know how she knew to do that, but she did. Um, and she played dead and he put her in a garbage bin. Mm -hmm. So like what you roll out to your curb. Yep. Um, he put her in there and he tried to do it face down, but she kind of slid her body to where she was facing up. Gotcha. Um, which is another move that I wouldn't have thought to yeah. do mm -hmm. in that case. Um, so he taped it shut. Um, he also put snow in there, um, basically to freeze her out. Um, because I mean, he thinks that she's, barely living mm -hmm. at this point um so he puts her in there puts snow and ice um tapes it shut and then he put her under a tarp in the back of his pickup truck so at this point um terry probably thinks all right i'm gonna die yep mm -hmm. um but she david made him his big mistake and she found that out she had a cell phone in her pocket. Uh, right. Yes. So, yeah. So she is like, okay, I'm going to just dial 911. And <laughs> what are you thinking? I'm just, I'm not thinking anything yet, but I, I, I'm just thinking it was, it's super. So dudes, okay. The, the murderer or attempted murderer has made a couple of mistakes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So. One of the big things that a lot of serial killers or murderers do, they will um, attack their victim and then they won't make sure they're dead. So that's that's mess up number one. Um, and then searching, checking the body. I don't care where he's taking it. Just you need to, you need to make sure she's dead, and then you also need to make sure that she doesn't have anything on her, just in case she she was alive and that's one of the things i was talking about when we did when we first started talking about um the podcast we were talking about if you're going to do something if you're going to do something like this you got to do it make sure all your boxes and everything are checked but i think again like we were talking about earlier in this show he probably i don't know if this was premeditated or anything but from the looks of it it was just something that he did happen on the fly and he probably didn't think stuff out all the way and this might be his first attempted kill so he might not even be thinking about all that but we've right. we've heard too many you know stories about so we're like no 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 guy <laughs> yeah we're we're the experts yep. so we're like you're doing everything wrong yep. um but luckily for terry he did yes um mm -hmm. and i was thinking writing this case i was like i wonder if he got interrupted Yes. in some way. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if the kids came in. Yes. Um, I don't know if he got scared thinking, mm -hmm. 
oh my gosh, I, I killed her. Now what do I do? Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems to me like he didn't plan it completely yeah. mm-hmm. um and he got spooked yeah because it's kind of uh it's kind of frantic it's kind of because i could see him doing all this really fast like he hit her with a baseball bat she's lying on the floor and then he's like what do i do now so now he right. runs outside gets some snow put her in a bag she doesn't go in the way he she, she doesn't go in the way he wants her to go in um and then he he's i can see him taping it up really quick and then throwing her in the back of the truck and i can see in him 10 minutes getting all this stuff going and now he's running down the road right (sighs) yeah so (laughs) it's getting tense um so terry now decides she's gonna breathe Mm -hmm. and try to call 911 and i will say i have heard the 911 call Mm -hmm. and you can't find it a lot of places gotcha but this 911 operator was horrible. Mm. And I don't say that a lot yeah. because our 911 operators are amazing. Mm-hmm. This one was not. <laughs> um, she kept saying, like, stop breathing so hard and just tell me what's happening. Gotcha. And yeah. This and um, early 2000s was, when this was? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And she, we find this sometimes in true crime is these 911 operators are burnt out and they don't respond correctly. But she, I think the 911 operator thought it was a prank Mm -hmm. and ended up hanging up on Terry. Huh? Yeah. Um, So she calls back again and got a different 911 operator. Okay. This one sends dispatch to his house and as terry is in the back of the truck she hears the police coming Mm -hmm. and she's like all right i i'm saved i'm good and then the car moves and she's gone he drove away gotcha and so she tries to call 911 a couple times it never connects Mm -hmm. um and he ends up taking her to a storage unit okay he puts the trash bin with terry inside with the snow in this storage facility and drives away Mm -hmm. now this whole time he had terry in the truck he also had his girls gotcha so so his girls are now transporting now i also missed I also missed the fact, too, earlier, she's in the trash bin, not in a trash mm-hmm. bag. Because I was thinking, you know, why don't you just scratch out? But <laughs> she's in the trash bin. Okay, gotcha. And right. The big plastic bins. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is taped shut, and she tries to open it. The 911 operator does say, can you see anything? And she says, I can't get out of where I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's panicking. Yep. Um, and at this storage facility, um, she he drops her there, and he ends up taking the girls to a daycare okay. and just going to work huh. and leaving her in this storage facility. Now, in his mind, <laughs> right, you're shaking your head again. I think in his mind, he thought she would just die if she didn't. Mm-hmm. 
if she wasn't already dead, she was going to die. Yeah. Um, she'd freeze to death. Mm-hmm. Um, or. But see, here's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't you want? Would wouldn't you want it to be sealed and done before you went off and did everything? Like. He, you would, yes. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine this running through your mind? Did she die? Is she dead? You know, uh, I would have been like, I'm at work. What if somebody says, hey, Bill, what's in the garbage can in the, your truck? It's like, what are you going to do? I mean, it's like, I don't know. This guy's dumb. <laughs> very, very dumb, yes. And at this point, the police are at his house. Okay. They don't even know that she's in the storage unit. Huh. And Terry's phone at this point is dead. Mm-hmm. So she's just in this storage unit. There's below freezing temperatures overnight. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's just trying to survive. Um, And she was badly beaten. Mm -hmm. That snow was in her uh, feet. So she couldn't feel her feet anymore. Um, And she heard a police officer. So now again, she's like, oh, I'm saved again. Mm -hmm. Um, And he had traced a storage unit card in David's house and was like, maybe she's here. And they just took a chance Mm -hmm. and ended up hearing her screaming from the outside. Um, So she ended up surviving this whole ordeal. That's fantastic. It is fantastic. fantastic. Um, She was alive. Mm -hmm. She badly beaten. Yep. Um, The cops said she was pretty much unrecognizable. Yep. And the fact that she was even, I was just thinking about this, the fact that she was even alive because you said that she, he was, she was hit with a baseball bat 10 times. So, I mean, the fact that she even survived that, and then you've got to think about, um, being put into this garbage can because it's not spacious, you know. So right. now you've got snow. She's crouched up this whole time. Not only did she probably lose feeling in her legs from the snow, but then you also in that position too. Um, she's just a trooper, and then still have enough life to scream and yell after um, hearing the police officers at the storage unit. She just, she's my new hero. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so she had frostbite on her toes mm-hmm. and ended up losing some toes. Okay. Um, and doctor said that she would be lucky if she lasted one more hour. Huh. She was so close to death that it just yeah. it wouldn't have been possible. Mm-hmm. And interesting uh, to me was that the doctors also said what saved her life was being upright. Gotcha. Um, because if if he would have done what he wanted to do, yeah. she would have been upside down and she wouldn't have survived. Yep. The blood would have rushed to her head. And, oh, that's just crazy. I know. She ended up being very, very lucky. Yes. Um, so, unfortunately, she had found out that she was pregnant mm-hmm. a couple of days before this. Gotcha. And she did lose the baby. Wow. Oh. And when they went to court, the lawyers was like, let's try to get him for killing the baby as well. Mm -hmm. Um, They did not succeed in that. It's very hard to do that um, with a a miscarriage case. But um, 
yeah, other than those things, she was she's happy. She mm. survived. Um, and, go ahead. And he didn't get. Now, would they charge him with attempted murder or anything? Yes. So uh, I have it written down here. Um, he. Sorry. No, you're fine. Couldn't find it. Um, okay, so he was sentenced to 35 years in prison for attempted first-degree intentional homicide. Gotcha. Yeah, but if you think about it, 35 years mm-hmm. is nothing for trying to kill someone. Now, we earlier we said they were uh, middle-aged, so we think mm-hmm. in... 40, 45, around that time. Yeah. So that would put him about 80. If he was 45, it put him about 80. So, so he could still be ticking. But... Uh, Good. <laughs> I wouldn't want him to be, but he could. Uh, <laughs> and this happened This happened in, um, what was it? To, uh, was it 02? It was 1999, the end of 1999. Gotcha. So into 2000. Okay, so he's still he's still in jail, still in there. Mm-hmm. And here's the crazy thing: this is one of the reasons why I really wanted to um, do this podcast was because we as people don't realize that stuff like this happens in our lifetime. You know, mm-hmm. because usually when we do you know true crimes and stuff, we think it happens in the past, but you doing these stories and we're doing figuring out all this stuff here it's like i was born in 95 and i lived through all that i didn't know nothing about this you know you right don't, you don't know anything about it we just go through our lives like you know it it didn't happen to me so mm-hmm. it doesn't happen around anywhere you know it's crazy and what's interesting, too, you said you'd never heard this case. Um, it's up by you. Um, I think the storage unit was – are you in Illinois? Um, Illinois? So we're, uh, we're in Indiana, but I am from Indiana. Illinois. Indiana, okay. So I know Illinois like the back of my hand. So. Yeah, it was right across the border into Illinois. And okay. I'm not sure which neighboring state she was from. I should have wrote that down. No, but fine. as I was researching, I was like, oh, I wonder if he does know this case. Yeah. Um, <laughs> See, the thing about Illinois is like Chicago, there's so much that happens up there. We're mm-hmm. kind of like blinded to stuff, you know? It's like there's, there's a shooting that happened, uh, you know, in Chicago, you know? Uh, oh, there was Same. this that happened. St. Louis is two hours away, you know? We were kind of stuck in the middle, and in Springfield, that, what would happen? So we had, like, um, St. Louis, Chicago, and then they dealt dealt drugs. So then we would get a lot of crime and murders because Springfield was the middle point. And so we would hear stuff like that and just be like, oh, you know, people from Chicago, people from St. Louis coming through here, it's fine. And since it wasn't happening to me, we we didn't think anything about it. But it's, it's just crazy that stuff happens in our lives like this story, and we don't know anything about it. And yeah. I am interested to hear so many more stories. And uh, do you, do you, did you have another one? Or was that just I the do. one today? I would love to hear that one, too. 
Another story? Yes. Okay. Well, instead of another story, we're going to leave you guys hanging on this first episode. Sarah and I wanted to do another story, but we're going to leave that for next week. We want to thank you guys for listening to Dark Enigma. And if you like Dark Enigma, check us out on YouTube at Dark Enigma and also on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Dark Enigma. We want to thank you guys for listening so much because we love talking about true crimes and things that surround it. For now, we'll see you guys next time on Dark Enigma. Thank you.